Welcome to Explore Europe, a podcast series for American military stationed in and around Germany. Each episode brings you travel tips and local secrets to help you get the most out of your time overseas. This episode is proudly sponsored by Used Car Guys. Pre-owned military car sales all over Germany and new car sales for stateside delivery when you PCS. Good cars from good guys. And now, introducing your hosts, Michelle Peirce and John Sweeney, who've been living in Germany and exploring Europe for over 15 years. So, where should we explore today? Well, there's only one way to find out. It's on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Explore Europe. I am your host, Michelle Peirce in Mannheim. And I'm John Sweeney in Ramstein. I'm very excited about this one because I think this is one of the must-see cities in Europe that you just have to visit while you're stationed here. And one of my favourite cities in Europe. Where are we going, John? Uh, we're going to Paris in France. Woohoo! The city of lovers. <laughs> I was very fortunate to go last weekend, so it's all very fresh in the memory. Yeah. And I've done a whistle-stop tour, and I wish I'd done it before, and I never have done. I've been to Paris on a few occasions, and mm -hmm. my daughter has been to Paris on a few occasions. But I met up with my daughter from England and her boyfriend, who's never been to Paris. So what we did was something pretty funky that I recommend a lot of you do. Uh, we've done a recon trip like you did for uh, you did for London when we've done a, another episode. Mm -hmm. And we've done a 36-hour trip to and from Paris, from K-Town and Cambridge in England. And wow. so what, yeah, what's really good was Chloe coming from Cambridge, which is close to Ely, which is close to Lake Neath the Milden Hall, she can get the train down. Mm -hmm. She got the Eurostar. I got the uh, Deutsche Bahn. We met exactly halfway in Paris, the city of love. Wow, fantastic. So let's go, let's just rewind, go straight back to how we got there and just go over those details again. So you came from Kaiserslautern, there's a great train from Kaiserslautern to Paris, right? Yeah, barn.de is a very, very good app. If you don't like using the apps, go into the train station at K-Town. They're mm -hmm. very, very user-friendly. If you book early enough, you can get a train for as little as 29 or 39 euros each way wow. from K-Town to Paris. And what's early enough? Early enough, uh, we talked about it before, if anyone's listened to the previous uh, podcast. If you book about 60 days in advance, that's really good. 60 to 90 days is my window that I look at for the inexpensive travel. Mm -hmm. And you always book your travel first and then go for the accommodation, don't you? Yes. So you booked from Deutsche Bahn, Kaiserslautern to Paris. How long does that take? It's 600 Ks. So yeah. you think it's going to take ages. Two hours, 20 minutes. Wow. And is that on the ICE, the Intercity Express? It's on the ICE, the very nice, fast train going straight from K-Town to Paris. What's really cool for people from Ramstein and Landstuhl is you don't need to get the train into or get a lift into Kaiserslautern or Saarbrücken to pick up the train because from April 2019, it's going to have its own railway track um, in Landstuhl. It's going straight to Paris. It'll save the time for about two hours, five minutes or something like that. Wow, that's fantastic. And so then you mentioned that Chloe and her boyfriend, Joe, came from Cambridge in England and met you. So talk us through their journey, because that's going to be really helpful for anyone um, currently stationed in Lake and Heath and Mildenhall, right? Yes. What, what they did, they went from Waterbeach, which is on the line from Ely, Ely's yeah. the, probably the closest main station to Lake and Heath and Milton or, or Newmarket. And then they, they ended up in King's Cross. And King's okay. Cross, it's about a, an hour's journey from Water Beach to King's Cross. And on then the King, on the train. And then mm -hmm. what they did, they just walked over the road, literally 100 yards over the road, 
and you get the international train, the Eurostar, straight to Paris. And then and again... that's from St Pancras, right? St Pancras, yeah. Which is right next to King's Cross. And I must say, one of the loveliest train stations in London, if you are actually stationed in Lakenheath or Mildenhall, there is no better way to start a journey into Paris than from St Pancras Station. It's wonderful. They've got a great champagne bar. They've got loads <laughs> of different shops. And uh, the hotel there is like something you'd see out of a Harry Potter movie. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's, it's it is all this, it's this Gothic-style building at the front of the station. It's stunning. Yeah, very, very high uh, roofs and ceilings. And they've, mm. they've spent millions upon millions renovating it. So it is beautiful. And if you're taking the train down from Cambridge or Ely or Newmarket to, to King's Cross... You can always stop at platform nine and three quarters as well at King's Cross Station. Yeah, so if you're a Harry Potter fan, you'll know what that means. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, what about driving to Paris, John? Does that make sense from um, Ramstein or Kaiserslautern? Would you take your car to a city like Paris? Yes. Uh, if, if there's three, four, five of you, it might work out more cost efficient to take a car. You're mm-hmm. going to hit a few tolls along the road, um, and okay. then you're going to have to find parking. But a lot of my friends, a lot of my customers have actually done that, and they've enjoyed it as well. Okay, so it's not so difficult to find parking in Paris because I'm trying to compare it to a city, for example, like London, where I would say just leave the car at home. No, coming from K-Town, uh, Ramstein, Landstall, that sort of area, you're on the Autobahn 6, which is almost a direct road straight to Paris anyway. Get okay. to Paris, they've got a very, very good metro system. The public transport's very good. Um, find, find some parking and jump on the public transport. But then leave the car parked for the weekend, yeah? Best best thing, yeah. It's a big city. It's very busy. Um, you want to get around on foot. If you're just going for the weekend like we did, use the public transport. Brilliant. Okay, so we've got there. Where are we staying, John? Any tips? Yeah, well, this time I've done something a bit unusual for me. Um, I didn't use Booking.com. I Good used, heavens. <laughs> I know. What's going on? I used Airbnb. Okay. Um, I was finding the hotels were very expensive, so I'd have to book two rooms for Chloe, Joe and myself. And they were, they were coming up quite expensive because I'd left the rooms a little bit later than booking the trains. But I ended up getting an Airbnb. We've got a, a small apartment, very, very central in the Louvre area, which is... Oh, nice. Oh, we were, we were literally 500 yards from the Louvre. It was amazing. Um, but we got an Airbnb, nice, clean apartment. It was small. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say it's massive. Uh, mm. It was small, but it was good value, 180 euros uh, for all three of us for a night. Okay, fantastic. So maybe you can share the link in the show notes if anyone else wants to kind of follow that particular journey that you made and and book that accommodation. Yeah, definitely. And um, what what was really, really cool about it was there's 20, I'll get this word wrong, arrondissements, 20... Yeah, that's correct. Okay. I I used to speak some French when I was at school and that sounded pretty authentic to me. Okay, so there's 20 arrondissements, areas of Paris, um, like postcode areas, uh, we would say. And we were in postcode area number one. So we were wow. bang, smack, city centre. It was amazing. Fantastic. Yeah, that sounds brilliant. And there's so much to see in the centre of Paris, isn't there? So you really want to be quite central if you can, if, especially if you've only got such a short amount of time. And we, we're talking about a 36-hour journey here. That's like one night, one overnight in Paris, right? That's it. So we didn't have a lot of time. So we wanted to see as much as possible. Chloe and I had seen most of what we'd seen already before. But Joe mm-hmm. was brand new to it. So we wanted to bamboozle Joe and get him to see as much as possible. Okay, so this is very exciting. So we're, you're basically going to take us on a 36-hour journey with someone that's never seen Paris before. Yes. Let me guess how you started the weekend, John. Have a guess. Was there a hop-on, <laughs> was there a hop-on and hop-off bus involved? Absolutely, yes. 
and it worked out brilliant. Um, I get uh, I get into Garda Lest when the train goes in. A little fact mm, about that. Just what's that in English? It's the East train station. Okay, yeah. And it's the train uh, train station from Cape Town to Paris. Um, it's there's four or five different main train stations, and this is the one that comes in on that side of town. Um, and then Chloe and Joe come into Garda Nord, the North train station. It's about 750 metres away, so it's not far away. You can walk. And we got the hop-on, hop-off bus from just outside there. Oh, so you literally, you, you met and started your weekend instantly, no checking into the rooms or anything like that? No, and we could, we could have done. That's one mistake we made. Um, okay. I was using the Airbnb app, and it was a little bit slow that day, maybe because I was in Paris. We wanted mm. to check in as early as possible, and they, the, the booking was for 4 o'clock. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't, they didn't get back to me, or she did, but the email didn't come back until about three o'clock. And by that time, we were already our days already started, and we were already. Oh, so you could have checked in and got rid of your bags, and yeah. then started your day. Okay, but it wasn't the end of the world, right? No, no, we 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 jumped straight on the train. We first of all we stopped. We had um, a couple of drinks and a bite to eat because uh, they got the early train out of Cambridge and King's Cross. So about ten mm-hmm. o'clock, eleven o'clock, eleven o'clock, we all met. Had a quick bite to eat, found a nice little cafe near Gardenor, and we had hams and cheeses and some coffees and croissants. And then jumped. Oh, it was lovely. It was lovely. What a, it was a really good way. It was a nice brunch to get the day started. Very Parisian, John. Very Parisian. <laughs> well, that's what we wanted to do. Uh, and uh, it was really cool. And then we jumped on the bus. Yeah. And the buses, they've got about five different routes that they take. So we jumped on the bus outside Gardenor, and it takes you for a little circuit from Gare du Nord, Gare de l'Est, the Ritz Hotel, um, and then you can change over and then you get the, the, the place we wanted to tour. We wanted to see the Eiffel Tower, the Champs-Élysées, yeah. the Louvre, and that was just changing onto the second bus. Can I just ask you about buying tickets for the bus, John? Do you buy them when you when you get on the buses or do you buy them in advance? How does that work? I don't think we've covered that on a previous podcast, actually. No, that's a very good point. There's people outside trying to sell you the tickets and you can also okay. buy them on the bus. Uh, okay, you can, good. You can buy them in advance as well. The mistake I made, and I wish I didn't do it, but I, I, I'd offer advice to somebody else is we bought the one day ticket, which was 34 mm-hmm. euros each. So it sounds expensive. It's yeah. not because you're piling in a hell of a lot. Where I went yeah. wrong is I bought it for one day. If we bought it for two days, it's an extra five euros. And then oh, you get the second you day. You could have used it to get all around the city, couldn't you? Correct. And so we didn't do that. But being with Chloe and Joe was cool because they're, they're, they're young. And they wanted to walk and explore and see as much as they could. So I've still got blisters on my feet, but there you go. <laughs> so what were the highlights of the tour? Well, of course, we went to the Eiffel Tower. You, uh, you can jump on and jump off, hop on, hop off. And that's what I recommend doing. Find the places that you like, find the places you want to see, jump off, take a couple of hours, take an hour, grab a coffee or whatever you want to do and have an explore around. What was really cool for me was when we're driving on the bus of the Champs-Élysées to the Arc de Triomphe. Uh, we mm. spoke earlier about um, in a Strasbourg edition about the Tour de France. And yeah. the Tour de France ends on its final day with the procession up the Champs-Élysées to the Arc de Triomphe. So literally a few weeks ago, they're all there doing that and we're just driving up and you, you can see it. And it's a very, very surreal moment. So that was pretty cool. Um, then you drive past like the Platz Concorde, which is really cool. Platz de Concorde, yeah. Platz de Concorde, which is really cool as well. Looking at the train stations, the train stations, the first part of the tour was just going around from Gardinor, Gardiles to the Ritz. Seeing the Ritz was out of this world. Yeah. But the train stations, when they were built, were just hundreds of years old, like 150, 200 years old. 
but they were really, really, really impressive. You look at Gare du Nord and you're just like, it's breathtaking to think that they made this that time ago to, uh, for trains. Then you get round to Gare de l'Est, which is a little bit smaller. Yeah. But a real, real good fact about Gare de l'Est is the very first train station where the Orient Express left off. And from the Orient Express then went to Munich, to Vienna, and then to Romania. Oh, how interesting. Yeah, so that was a, a nice little fact that you, you pick up. Did you uh, get that from the Hop On and Hop Off bus tour? Yes. <laughs> and they have the uh, languages. There's about 10 or 15 different languages. So, so they're every... recorded and you choose which language you want to hear? Correct. Okay. And obviously we chose English and uh, they've got some really good little facts, uh, some tidbits, and they give you some good information. Mm. And we spent about four hours, five hours on and off the buses, jumping on the buses, jumping off. And Joe was absolutely blown away by how much information he got and how much he got to see by doing the, the hop on, hop off buses. Yeah, I think I know we joke about the hop on and hop off buses, but when you first arrive in a city and you, you know, you might have some preconceived ideas about it or you know a little bit about it. It's just such a great way to get a good grounding when you first get somewhere, isn't it? get a good overview of the city, understand kind of where all the different areas relate to each other. You can stay, I mean, sometimes I stay on and do a full tour of a, a bus. I've done that on a few cities. And then I go round again and start getting off. Or sometimes I get off as I go. Uh, you know, there are so many different ways that you can do it. But I think that's the beauty of it. And I, I, yeah, I mean, I think they're just such a great way to start a tour in any new city. Yeah, and it, it gives, as you said, it gives the grounding. And what we've agreed to do with me, Joe and Chloe is meet up again in Paris, but then we're going to just do more specific areas that we want to go to. Because mm. now we've seen a lot of the touristy things. We want to see more of them, but in a bit more detail. Um, for instance, we got to the Eiffel Tower and it's absolutely packed, as you can imagine, around there. It's beautiful. We got off, took some pictures, but we didn't go up the tower. Is that just because it was too busy and you had didn't have the time? Yeah, we just wanted to see stuff, first of all, rather than get up. And we wanted to cram as yeah. much in as possible. Where next time we'd want to go up to get to the tower, go up and have a look around. Yeah, so I guess very much like we talked about this London trip, you, this was a recce and you do as much as possible, see as much as possible on foot and then go back and actually dive in deep to some of the activities and the um, attractions that you really want to get involved with. Exactly. And with it being such a short trip for both of us and it's meeting halfway, it works out mm. really good coming from England and coming from K-Town, so it worked out good. Yeah. Uh, we got to Notre Dame, which is an amazing cathedral. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard about it. Uh, I have we... a fact about Notre Dame. I, I sat outside Notre Dame Cathedral with a group of us and we ordered what I can only tell you was the most expensive round of drinks I've ever uh, I've ever had in my life. I think it was 18 euros for a, a large beer or something like that. I was absolutely blown away. Needless to say, we didn't order a second round. No, definitely not. It was... Uh... I, I bought an ice cream and uh, here in Ramstein, it's one, uh, one euro for a kugel, a, a spoon of ice cream. I think it was four euros there for a kugel of ice cream, but we didn't order Ouch. any drinks. Yeah, but uh, yeah. it, we went there again on the Sunday to try and get in. And I, yeah. I used the word try because the place was packed. We missed, we didn't go inside because the okay. line was so big. Okay. So if you want to get inside somewhere like Notre Dame or, or go up the Eiffel Tower, get there early. Um, and that way you'll, you'll make the most of it. But for us, it was just the recce, getting to see everything, getting the lay of the land. It was really good. Sure. What else did you see? Well, then on the Sunday morning, um, we got up early and went straight to the Louvre. 
Ah, so the famous art gallery museum, the Louvre, which is quite famous more recently for being featured in the Da Vinci Code. It was obviously famous before that, but it was in the movie. <laughs> um, it's the largest museum in the world. I didn't know that. It's the yeah, it's the most visited museum in the world. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, and it's got some of the most famous paintings in the world, like for instance the Mona Lisa, which I'm sure you know about. I did know that. Um, <laughs> And it used to be a palace for the monarchy of Paris. That's a bit of a mouthful. That's a tongue twister. Um, Don't say that after a glass that, of wine. <laughs> no, definitely not. And what it was was then some of the monarchy, uh, the monarchs would stay there. And then they started moving out to the Palace of Versailles and then changing residencies. And then it was handed to the people and it became the museum. Okay. And it's grown and grown and grown. And I'm not really a massive art lover. I've got a couple of pictures here and there. And I, I look at a little bit of art. but Going to see the Mona Lisa was just, it was breathtaking. Mm. Just getting in there, all the people going straight towards the Mona Lisa, people taking selfies and stuff, just seeing it was, it really was a surreal moment. But it's actually quite a small painting, isn't it? It's very small. It's, uh, it must only be 60, 70 centimetres. Um, it's very, very small. But on the way to it, um, there's a, a painting that I'd seen as a kid. Um, there's a band in England called the Pogues, an, an, an Irish, Irish band. band. Very famous There Irish you go. Band. And uh, they've done this picture uh, based on the raft of Medusa. Mm, and it's an album cover, right? It's an album cover for one of their albums. I won't say what it is because it sounds a bit raunchy. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, an album cover. So going to see that, I'd read up about that many, many years ago. And walking to the Mona Lisa and seeing the raft of Medusa, which is probably about three metres by three metres. That's actually a more impressive painting to be standing in front of in that sense, isn't it, in terms of the size of it? The size, and when you see the detail that's gone into it, and it's hundreds of years old, you know, it, it, it does make you stop and think a lot, which is really good. Um, and then walking around to the Mona Lisa was, you know, like I say, breathtaking. And then Chloe wanted to go see um, the Sphinx. So we okay. had to find the Egyptian area, and we went down and found that. And then there was a lot more to see, but we were we were heading back out at about four o'clock, so we didn't have that much time. And it, they give you a really good information sheet when you go there, and it says about the average time people stay, uh, what people see, and looking at it on the way out, the average time people were there is two and a half hours. And lo and behold, we're walking out on about two and a half hours. I couldn't believe it, you know. Who after knew? Gone, <laughs> yeah, who knew? And uh, we got lost in there towards the end as we we're trying to get out because we had to go and check out the the Airbnb. We got lost. It's so huge and it's it's wow. definitely worth visiting. And how they've done the pyramid outside the entrance, mixing yeah. it with the old regal palace, it's such a contrast in structures and buildings. You can't appreciate it till you're there. It actually works really, really well. I have to say, it's one of my nicest. I really, architecture in a city is something that I really enjoy because I think it can really define where you are and um gives you a fantastic snapshot of when a city came to life and what period. And I've been to the Louvre a couple of times and I have to say, I, I find this, this um, contrast between the very, very modern glass pyramid and the very, very beautiful ornate building behind it really stunning. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's really beautifully done. Yeah, coming from England and Ireland, I don't think we would believe that you could get those contrasts to work, but yeah. they do. They work yeah. really, really well. And when you get into the Louvre, there's so much going on. It's not just for the adults. There's stuff there for the kids. There's interactive stuff. 
-hmm. there was probably more children knocking around in the entrance waiting for school friends and all that than there were adults but it it gets very very busy so a little tip I've got is book online because if you're paying on the day it gets real busy you can book online and you've got like a speedy entrance and then you can book online with a VIP entrance we just went in line I forgot to book online like an idiot Um, but we went early and they move quick they do move quick but as the day got on as we were leaving out about 11 30 it was getting very 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 busy so if you've got if you're going to go later in the day and you're not going to hit their bang on nine when they open book Mm -hmm. online book your tickets and you do get through a bit quicker and do you recall how much it costs to get in because I'm now contrasting this with London where all the museums and galleries are free yeah it was at 15 euros an adult so it wasn't bad at all Okay, not too bad. Um, did you go to the Musée d'Orsay this this trip, which is another huge gallery and museum in Paris? No, we, we drove past it on the on the hop on hop off bus, but we didn't mm-hmm. stop in there. But, okay, uh, so that's it, one. That's another one. If you're an art lover or you just want to see the big, you know, the two main museums in in Paris, then those are the two: the Louvre and the Musée, Musée d'Orsay, aren't they? That's right. And th- again, you need a bit of time. When we go back the next time, we're going to choose two or three things that we want to do and just explore them properly, like the Eiffel Tower. We're definitely going back to the Louvre because we didn't see it all. We, we want yeah. to see more. Um, yeah. And then Musée d'Arsay. Also, uh, another thing from the hop, going back to the hop-on, hop-off buses, they give you a really good tour guide um, pamphlet. And mm-hmm. from there, uh, you get it shows you about different bike tours, which would be a really good way of seeing the town. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, boat tours and walking tours. So, and they're, they're not that expensive. So you can do those and you get a real different way of seeing the city, which would be a, a, one of the things that Chloe and I are going to do next time, that's for sure. And they're guided tours. So you've got somebody with you for those actually showing you around and taking you on a kind of like predetermined route to make sure you get the best out of the city. Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, it looks a really, really good way of doing it. If you get the weather right, the bike tours mm. would be great. The walking tours would be great as well. Um, like London, put your walking shoes on and just be prepared to walk. We walked a lot of places after the hop on, hop off bus, and it was a really good vibe. You find these one of my favourites. You find these little nooks and crannies, and you to go I down these little we were side get streets. To your nooks and crannies, John. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just brilliant. And then um, Sunday morning, Chloe and Joe were still asleep, and I was up a little bit early, and I went out just for a walk, just to see Paris waking up on a Sunday morning. So I was out at about six thirty, walking around. And you just you're going up these side streets, and the, the patisseries are opening up, the cafes that are opening up. There's people come finishing their Saturday night shenanigans, and yeah. it was just a really, really good way of seeing the city. So be prepared to walk around because it is worth doing. Absolutely, and at that time in the morning, I have to say you can buy a croissant all over the world, but nothing tastes as good as a croissant in Paris early in the morning, just as the cafes are opening, right? Absolutely, it was wonderful. And I, I just sat there, then went back to see Chloe and Joe, and they were just getting ready. So I said, I found a little cafe up the street near near the Louvre. I'll meet you there. And we just sat there, and we had a croissant and a coffee, and just watching the world, just watching Paris wake up. It was it was very nice, very surreal, very good. Excellent. So, what else were some of the other highlights that you experienced during this whistle stop tour? On Saturday night, we want to do something different. We didn't book any restaurants. We were quite happy to be um, eating hams and cheeses and pastries and stuff. Chloe and Joe, younger couple, uh, they, they look after their money a bit better than I would. I get a bit crazy sometimes. Mm. Um, um, so we didn't want to book a restaurant. We just wanted to go and just eat when we were hungry. And it was good. Um, so we walked up then to Moulin Rouge. 
Oh, the famous Moulin Rouge. Yeah, and we didn't get tickets because it was sold out. It's quite expensive, actually, to, to go to a show at the Moulin Rouge, isn't it? It was very expensive. It was uh, There was three shows on the Saturday night. They were all sold mm-hmm. out, but the early show was like €170. Euros. Does that include dinner, though? I think it just includes half a bottle of champagne. Oh, wow, that is quite expensive. Ouch. Yeah, and then it, it went down tonight. We were looking at the 11 o'clock show, mm-hmm. but it sold out while we were talking about it, and it was like 105 or 110 euros. Yeah. And um, so it's very, very expensive. If you're going to do it, you've got to book early. Right. Um, but just walking up to that area and the buzz around that area, and obviously the tourists going to see the Moulin Rouge outside with a big windmill um, and all the lights was very, very nice. It was a really good vibe. So that was good. And that Moulin Rouge, now, it's been a few years since I was in Paris, but if I remember rightly, the Moulin Rouge is situated on an, quite an artistic square, isn't it? That's right. There's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of street artists doing portraits and drawings and things like that. So you can go and get caricatures of yourself and your guests all around there. And it's also very near Sacré-Cœur Church. That's right. That's right. So it's a bit of a contrast. And then... Yeah. But then you've got all these people out and they're just taking pictures, doing the selfies, got the selfie sticks. Between there and the Eiffel Tower, I don't think I've seen as many selfie sticks ever. Um, I'm people sure. just, yeah, just taking them. And these little cafes and the little bars and the restaurants all on the side. And you, you see the Parisian way of life with the people just standing there um, drinking and eating. And it was just, yeah, it was really, really cool. So that was our Saturday night, walking up there, walking through the nooks and crannies and, and finding Moulin Rouge. So it was pretty good. So you basically were just kind of like grazing on on snacks and street food on Saturday night? Yes. Yeah, that's all we needed to do. We had ham and cheese uh, when we first met. We had a couple of croissants during the day. And then uh, before we left for Moulin Rouge, directly opposite where we were staying was a lovely tiny little bar. Um, and we had um, some snacks in there. We had some bread and some bits and pieces there before we hit Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. Cool, excellent. So actually this, apart from a few things that you you paid like to go into the Louvre and on the or hop on and hop off bus, this is quite a budget trip. Yeah, it was really good. Um, it, it didn't cost that much money. When we got off the bus, which I think we got off near uh, Place de Concorde, if I said that right. Yeah. Um, then yeah. we walked all the way to our apartment, which was about, probably about a 40 minute walk. Um, mm-hmm. But we went through this really, really, really expensive district. I mean, we're walking down the street. There's Louis Vuitton, Giorgio Armani. We're like, oh, oh I think God. I know where you mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Rue de Rivoli. And you're walking down that road and you you really see the expensive part of Paris. It was it was very nice to watch. Obviously, we stopped for a beer. The beer was expensive, not as expensive as you were saying earlier. It was like 10 euros a beer. We had one. That was enough. And uh, watched the world go by for about half an hour and then got on our way. Excellent, excellent. So are there any other highlights of your weekend that you'd recommend? That was it, really. We packed in quite a bit. It may not sound that much, but by the time you've done four or five hours on the bus, we're walking everywhere, yeah. getting your bearings and planning then what we want to do the next time we go. It gave us a really good insight into Paris. There's a lot more to do than we covered in 36 hours. But we ended up walking, I ended up walking 34 kilometres in 36 hours and a hop on hop off bus so we did get quite a bit done wow fantastic and when you go back next what's going to be on the top of your list have you kind of already created an itinerary we definitely want to go up the eiffel tower yeah um, we want to do um the louvre again make sure mm-hmm. that we go and see as much of that as we can and then we want to get out to the palace of versailles 
Mm. How far is that outside of Paris? It's not that far, but for the 36 hours, it was it was a bit too much to do. Um, yeah. You can jump on the tube um, and the metro will take you all the way out there. And it's about seven or eight euros in about 30 minutes. Okay, and that's quite a popular spot, isn't it? It's quite beautiful and yeah, it's it's supposed to be stunning. And I was speaking to my uh, to Ramona about it, and she said, "John, you really would need a good half day to a day in Versailles alone, just to walk around the gardens and the palace and see it properly." So we were trying to juggle all the times. It was just too short a time for us to do that. Yeah, no, it sounds like it. But um, my understand—it's been many years since I've been to the Palace of Versailles. But I believe there, are the 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 palace is stunning and kind of a really um, a really bold example of this opulence of the of the royal family at the time. And you can kind of understand how the French Revolution happened because people were seeing these aristocracy living in this very opulent and rich and wealthy style while people were literally starving outside the gates. So you can see how that contrast exists very much through, you know, looking at the Palace of Versailles. But the gardens at Versailles are stunning and an amazing example of this kind of French design of, of, of garden. It's, it's really beautiful. If you like anything like that, anything to do with flowers and gardens or outdoors, then I think um, Versailles is, is definitely something to put on the list. Absolutely. And um, when you, you're going around Paris and you, you start looking at the Louvre or I didn't go to the side, you said, but I've seen pictures and stuff. And you start seeing the regal, the regal sea about the place and you see how beautiful they are. As you say, you talk about French Revolution and stuff. These buildings, unlike Germany and England, were never bombed in the war. Yeah. So they are the original buildings. And they just the opulence about it is just it, it's stunning I and mean, how much money they were thrown at these things when there was paupers on the street not being able to eat food but you know that was a long long time ago and that's history but it's uh it, they're all amazing places to go and paris i am definitely going back and i'm going back very shortly and you didn't you didn't do a boat tour this time i think they're called the bateau mouche is that right the name of the boats that's that, right that go up and down the same no i didn't do any boat tours this time uh we like i say we're on a whistle stop tour uh, it's definitely we'll, we'll be looking at something like that the next time for sure. Yeah, I think um, the Baton Rouge are a lovely way to see Paris, and I would recommend doing that in the evening when when it's dark. That's a really nice way to go up and down the Seine, and then you can you can actually see a lot of Paris's highlights from there, including their own Statue of Liberty. So, what about uh, let's talk about some practicalities, John? Um, we don't need visas to get there; it's open borders in Europe. It is, unless you're coming from England. Obviously, you can need a passport if you're travelling from England because you're crossing borders. But for, for coming from Germany or Italy, uh, Luxembourg, uh, you can go get straight there. It's not a problem. Just uh, probably a good idea to carry ID or something like that, right? Yeah, I, I still carry the passport every, everywhere I go. So I've carried my passport just in case it's needed. And the currency is euros, right? Yeah, currency is euros. And a lot of people are very happy to hear the town is very card friendly, so you can use your cards. Woo-hoo. Yes, unlike where we live in Ramstein in Germany, um, cards are literally accepted everywhere. We were, uh, Chloe was using her card a few times in little shops and buying souvenirs and, and so on and so forth. So cards are accepted everywhere. The currency is euro. Uh, as we said on a few occasions, always have a few euros with you when you're traveling, but cards are accepted in Paris. And um, what about activities for children? I mean, we you touched on things to do in the museums. There's a lot of walking around Paris. Is it going to be somewhere that's interesting for kids to, to, to come on this trip? Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting for seeing things like the Eiffel Tower because it's such an iconic mm-hmm. place. 
And then going to the Louvre, like I said earlier, there was a lot more children running around than I was expecting. It was great. Um, yeah. And they start seeing things like the Mona Lisa and uh, what was really interesting for a lot of the children. They were going down into the Greek area and the Egyptian areas. So they're seeing all like the Sphinx and stuff like that, like Chloe wanted to see. There's definitely a lot of stuff for kids to do. I like walking a lot. Maybe the kids don't. So um, just bear that in mind if, when you, if you're booking for young children. Well, you can use the, the buses and the boats and things like that to, to move little feet around a bit quicker, can't you? Yeah, there was a lot of children on the hop-on, hop-off buses. And I'm sure the children are going to love being on a boat going down the river. So it'd be a lovely way for them to see, uh, see Paris as well. Fantastic. And um, what about safety? It's a big city, it's a capital city. How does it feel? Okay, I guess during the day it's quite okay. What about in the evenings? Uh, we felt absolutely fine all the time. It's a capital city, so you've got to watch your back, make sure your purse is tucked away, make sure your phones are away. But there's a lot of people walking about with phones and Google Maps and doing selfies. There's a, there is a police presence. You do know it's a police presence. Not as much as a London or, or a Berlin, I must say. But mm-hmm. we felt safe. We felt good. And we, were, we were bang smack downtown and walking to places like Moulin Rouge. And that was, like I say, a 30, 40-minute walk. And we, we felt absolutely fine the whole way. Well, I mean, so traditionally an area like the Moulin Rouge would have, was considered a red light district, so quite, you know, full of a lot of adult entertainment. But these days it's just a little bit more touristic, right? It's not, it doesn't really have that same reputation or am I wrong? No, there's, there's a couple of uh, places around there that would be adult industry, adult entertainment, but it's not dark and seedy uh, red light district like, uh, like you could imagine. It's, it's a nice place to go. There's good places around it. And there's a lot of tourists. That there's a few police knocking around that as well. Fantastic. And you didn't go to any specific restaurants this time. So obviously, that being my favourite topic, the next time you go, I want a full foodies guide to Paris, please. Oh, next time I go, uh, Ramona's already told me she's going on the next trip, which basically means we'll be stopping for some food somewhere. Um, <laughs> and we'll be planning that in advance. And with Paris, you know, there is great food everywhere. The pommers just looked amazing. I could have eaten. I could have eaten chips and French fries all day. They just looked great. Everything just had that French flair, French flavour about it, and it, it it just all of it looked good. So I want to try as much as I can next time I go back. Well, one of my favourite French dishes, or uh, I don't eat meat anymore, but I used to, would be a croque monsieur, which okay. is literally a toasted ham and cheese sandwich with melted Gruyere cheese on top heaven but they also do one with salmon and cheese inside as well and it's just heaven that and a glass of champagne sitting outside the Eurostar terminal is a fantastic way to while away a couple of hours while you're waiting for your train yeah it sounds it, it does sound good and uh, I've seen a few of those sandwiches flying around they look good and smelt good but we'd already had the ham and cheese earlier and the croissant so I had no room to have, have a taste yeah, it's probably not a city to go if you're uh, watching your weight or on a diet, is it? <laughs> it's okay if you walk 34 kilometres, you'll be okay. But uh, yeah, it's a city that's got food coming out of everywhere and it all looks and smells amazing. Brilliant. Well, that sounds great, John. Uh, thank you for taking us on a whirlwind trip of Paris. I definitely can't wait to go again. I think I'd quite like to spend a bit more than 36 hours there, though. What about you? Uh, I'm going to spend a proper weekend there and plan stuff correctly and just do one or two good things when I go. Yeah. We had to do it this way. We had to show Joe as much as possible. He loved it. He wants to go back. So it was very worthwhile doing. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad we did it as quick as we did it as well because it just wet the appetite and we're, we're all going back. So I think we can officially call that the whirlwind weekend in Paris, right? Absolutely. That's a great way of putting it. <laughs> and, you know, for a lot of our, our listeners, you know, they might only have a weekend off. 
it's a yeah. it's a good way of doing it and you can tick off your bucket list that you've been to Paris you've seen the Eiffel Tower you you've done a few bits and pieces you've had that you, your champagne you've had your coffee you've had your croissants but you've done it you can say you've done it and you, yeah if you get time again get back there but at least yeah. get to Paris for 36 hours and enjoy it and walk around do a hop on hop on bus get a bike tour whatever you want but get there because it is breathtakingly amazing when you get when you get there and a stone's throw from Kaiserslautern on the train as well brilliant drive it in a few hours or like I, I did just get the train two hours 20 minutes you you cannot go wrong brilliant that sounds great thank you john we'll see you next time explorers okay goodbye from ramstein and please get to paris and let us know what you think because it is an amazing city i loved hearing all about john's whistle stop tour of paris in 36 hours and i hope you did too paris is the capital of france But not only that, it's a global hub for art, architecture, fashion, gastronomy and culture. Its 19th century cityscape is crisscrossed by wide boulevards and the beautiful River Seine. As well as landmarks such as the Eiffel Tower and the Gothic Notre Dame Cathedral, the city is well known for its cafe culture and designer boutiques. It's just two and a half hours from Kaiserslautern or London, so the only question I have really is why wouldn't you visit? my good friend and sustainable living champion Jen Gale to share a sustainable travel tip. A small change we can all make to reduce our impact on the planet as we explore more of it. Take it away Jen. Thanks Michelle. Hello, today's sustainable travel tip is, and now this one might seem obvious, to fly less. So fly less often. See if you can take the train overnight or a ferry instead. And if you do fly and fly long haul then try to fly direct without stopovers because Planes use up a lot of their fuel on takeoff and on landing, which makes sense really. So the fewer times you can do that, the better. If you'd like to get more sustainable tips from Jen, visit her website at www.asustainablelife.co.uk. It's packed full of resources and ideas for really simple steps we can all take to collectively make a big change. I believe the best travellers leave nothing behind but a good impression and take nothing away but great memories. Thank you for listening to Explore Europe. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you to the good guys at Used Car Guys for sponsoring today's episode. You can find them online at usedcarguys.net or on location at Kaiserslautern, Ramstein, Spangdalem and Wiesbaden. We'd love to hear from you, so tell us in the comment section where you'd like us to visit next. And let us know where you'll be exploring using the hashtag ExploreEurope on Twitter. See you next time, explorers. Explore Europe.